from Monday into Mystery. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of Monday into Mist. If you didn't find me, make sure to check out my blog at www.mundanetomist.blogspot.com. Today's episode is going to be all about polyamory, so if you're not into that, I suggest you go ahead, stop now, and find something better to listen to. I found that it's really easy to be exposed to polyamory um, if you're in the BDSM community, so I'm devoting the entire episode to it, and I'll make sure to answer a kinky question of the day that will touch on that subject a little bit. The first thing to note is that the term polyamory comes from the Greek meaning of poly, which is several or many, and the Latin word for love. It literally translates to many loves, and that's what I think polyamory really means more than anything. I would describe it as a non-monogamous type of relationship. It can be labeled in many forms, such as open relationships, swinging, casual relationships, group sex, and pretty much anything in between. The biggest difference I see in poly is that love is usually the biggest factor. Of course, there's going to be some hot sex and late night rendezvous and more, but at the core of poly, it's meaningful relationships that are trying to establish with multiple people in an open and honest setup. Personally, I've been practicing polyamory in some form since I was a teenager, um, but I was usually labeled as just wild and slutty. When one of my exes suggested that we have an open relationship, it was actually the happiest that I've ever been, despite all the flaws and the mistakes that we made at the time. So once I learned a little bit more about it, um, I found out that it was probably best for me to engage in that type of relationship and to tailor it or find someone who wanted to engage with me in the way that I enjoyed it. So over the years, I've learned that polyamory is really fucking hard and it's not for everyone. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of coordination, but above all else, I think it takes just an insane amount of honesty. If you don't think of yourself as an honest person, and I don't mean someone who is a pathological liar, I just mean someone who doesn't like to tell people where they're going or what they're doing, if you like a lot of privacy, if you don't like coordinating, if you don't like scheduling things and sometimes putting someone else before yourself or your needs, then Polly probably is not for you. I've seen entire Polly group marriages just set themselves on fire over a small lie. Um, as, as always, lies always lead to something more sinister because you have to keep lying in order to maintain a lie. So that really affects Polly a lot. I've been asked a lot of questions about Polly, um, tons of questions. I don't have time to answer them all, so I'll try to touch on some of the most frequently asked questions I hear whenever I tell someone that I'm polyamorous or I end up engaging with other poly people who are new, what sort of questions they have. The first question I always hear is, so that's basically like cheating. No, polyamory is absolutely not cheating. That would go against everything that Polly stood for on principle. It's about building a relationship. It's not just about sex, usually. Um, it's, it's really just about being open and honest with the people you're engaging with in an ethical way. Cheating is always unethical 
because you're always hiding it from your partner. Whereas Polly, you're usually engaging in open communication with your partner about what sort of needs you have that need to be met and how other people might be able to fulfill those without it seeming like you're saying the other person isn't enough for you. I often hear, how is it possible to really be in love with more than one person? And I've said this a thousand times, so I'll just say it again. I don't believe that love is in a finite supply. Personally, I have infinite love. That's why I'm able to love as many partners as I want, as well as love my friends and my family and coworkers and anyone else I choose to share my feelings with. Um, I like to think that people have big hearts generally and the love you feel for people shouldn't be compounded to one person or just for family or just for friends that you should be able to spread it out however you see fit that works for you. The next question I often hear is why would you want to be with someone else if you really love one person? And that just goes back to what I've said I don't really think that love is an unlimited supply. I have never chosen to love someone personally. I don't know if you have, if you've looked at someone and you've said, I'm going to love that person because that's not how it's worked for me. It's just happened and I've decided to pursue it in my current dynamic, again, openly and honestly. Everyone's polydynamic is a little bit different. So for me, my main focus on poly was finding a partner who I could share my kinky side with while being able to maintain my vanilla side and aspect of life with a vanilla partner. Um, he re- really doesn't take too kind to my love for extreme bondage and humiliation. So for me, the best thing was to find someone who did enjoy those things while I could still be with him and still fulfill his needs while getting mine fulfilled. Sometimes I hear, what are the rules to Polly? There are so many different rules to poly because there are many different people who practice poly. I have seen rules where partners can sleep with anyone that they're dating as long as it's poly fidelity, which means as long as it's in the circle of the poly people, they're okay. I've seen some people who can't sleep with others without permission or those where a don't ask, don't tell policy is in place, where you're allowed to sleep with someone as long as you don't say you slept with someone and as long as they don't know you slept with someone or in a setup similar to mine where I'm free to do what I like as long as it's in a kinky capacity with my BDSM partner. Everyone sets their own guidelines and rules. They try to make poly work for themselves just as regular relationships. Some people describe their partners and relationships as primaries and secondaries and metamors. I personally shy away from those terms just because of the rudimentary complexity of being called first, second, third, etc. I don't like the connotation that comes with that. We've been told since we were children that first place is the best and second place was almost good enough. And I just don't like that connotation. So I don't refer to my partners as primaries or secondaries. I just call them partners. Some people have asked exactly how many polyamorists are there. I have no idea, honestly. There's no real reliable way to count polyamorous people at this point. A lot of poly research relies on the internet or word of mouth or recruit participants. Um, People aren't usually open about being non-monogamous and poly. They just usually keep that to themselves. So that doesn't really provide a random sample 
or access to the full range of people who are polyamorous. There's no poly census like there is for vanilla couples. But it's been estimated to be as low as 1.2 million and as high as 3 million Americans who are supposedly engaged in some form of consensual non-monogamy. I don't know how true that is. I don't know if I believe that because those numbers sound kind of crazy to me. They're, that's like double on the second end. So I guess you just take those numbers for what you will. And if someone does open up to you as a swinger or a poly person or an open relationship participant, try not to be too judgy of them. Even if you have different ideals, understand that they did take the time to tell you and that it could be hard for them to share this with you. So try not to be too judgmental because according to random research, 1.2 million Americans are participating in this. So, you know, they're in kind of in the majority. The next question I've heard is, do you ever get jealous? There is a poly term called wibble. I think it is the stupidest word, but it's meant to express a type of fleeting insecurity or personally, like, um, I feel sick in my stomach sometimes when I first see a partner being affectionate with a new partner of theirs and it, it passes, um, after I've gotten used to it, I'm not lightheaded anymore and I'm able to get past it. But right now I'm in what would be described as a monopoly V relationship. This means that one person, myself, is romantically or sexually involved with more than one partners who are not involved with each other and also consider themselves monogamous. I think above all else, I'm a very lucky woman to have that sort of setup. But there are all kinds of different setups in poly where you can be monopoly, where it's just one poly person and one mono person. You can be in an open relationship where you both are able to see people. Um, you can be in a poly group where a bunch of you date within each other, you know, you all share partners. Or it can just be an open poly group where you guys are all poly but necessarily not with each other. There's a lot of different combinations of poly relationships and open relationships and non-monogamy. It's kind of like Baskin-Robbins. Just choose your flavor and go with it. All in all, I think, does this sound confusing? I definitely think it, it can be. After 10 years of identifying as polyamorous... I still learn new things every time I decide to research the topic, just as I did for this podcast. Um, you you always learn new things. There's always people who come up with new terms and um, new ideas and new ways of doing things. And I feel like it's a topic that does allow for a lot of self-expression. So I don't think that I will ever know everything there is to know about Polly. But the good thing is, I know about poly as it pertains to me. So, that's really the important part. I think with modern television and modern views, television shows like The Girls Next Door, Swingtown, Big Love, um, that show Poly, Married and Dating, I think these sort of shows help promote people to open up dialogue for these types of lifestyles, even if the shows don't always paint polyamory and non-monogamy in the most flattering light, which we know they never do. They always make us look like sex-crazed individuals who are just 
dragging half-willing partners along in the wind. Um, I still think it helps open up dialogue for people who might not either know that they are poly, they don't know what to call it, people who have no idea and they're just curious, or just being able to understand someone else's viewpoint on relationships and how it differs from their own. I think shows and ideas like this help to spread the word and at least open up the lines of communication for other people. When we come back from this very short break, I'll discuss poly and BDSM, and I will make sure to answer the kinky question of the day. Welcome back, listeners. In regards to poly and BDSM, I have found that the BDSM community is much more open to, well, open relationships. I think that could be because we strive to be more open-minded in general, or it could just be because on our radar of fucked up shit, poly falls very, very flat near the bottom. All I know is that several people play with other people's partners and their partners play with others and sometimes that can seem like a lot of Pokemon partner catching if you ask me but people do what works best for them. What should you do if you are not poly but you are engaging or would like to engage into BDSM? I think that first you should ask yourself if you're comfortable playing with someone who has a partner or someone whose partner has a partner. Find out if you feel safe either playing with them in a non-sexual or sexual way, what that means for you in terms of how you need to be safe sexually, um, and just really ask yourself if that's something that you can deal with. If you're submissive, do you expect your dominant to only play with you, or are you okay with him playing with other people, or her playing with other people at events? And if you're a dominant, do you expect your submissive to be loyal to just your authority, Or are you okay with them submitting to someone else? If those questions come up, the most important question you need to ask is, if you're not comfortable with that, are you comfortable asking someone to be completely monogamous with you? And I think it's important that if you don't think that you can participate in a poly aspect or even an open play aspect, that you voice that. The worst thing possible is for you to... Find a partner that you enjoy, not discuss that, end up finding out that they're playing with someone else and and feel really heartbroken about it because it was something that you didn't discuss, something that you just assumed. I know some straight vanilla couples have talks about whether or not they're monogamous or not. I think that's an important thing to discuss when you're finding a play partner. Um, these are really important questions because, it, like I said, it is so normal to see people playing with other people's partners within the BDSM community or just playing with multiple people. It's kind of second nature for some folks who play in the BDSM community. So if you aren't comfortable with that, then you should make sure to talk to your partner about it. Outside of BDSM, if you thought that you're offer practicing non-monogamy without kink, I would suggest searching online. Google is always your best friend 
find some material that might be able to answer some of the questions you have, some of the questions that I might not have answered, some of the questions that I might not have thought of. Just type it into Google, see what you find. Everything you read online is not law. Everything you listen to in podcasts isn't always right. So it's up to you to do your due diligence and find out what sort of information you're curious about and if that works for you. I know that if you are a bit more than average on the knowledge of poly and non-monogamy, you might just be looking for some dating sites. And luckily, you're in luck. There's quite a few specifically for poly folks. I'll list them out here and then I'll make sure to put them as links in the blog. There's Poly Matchmaker, which is a very old poly site. I think it might have some of the most members on it. There's Beyond Two, Love Many, Open Minded, and of course Polydate, which is another old one. And again, I'll post those links in my blog. I can't promise that you will find a poly partner or that you will find true poly love, but it will be a good place to start and at least see what other poly people are out there and what they're looking for. Now, on to our kinky question of the day. I'll be reading it because Jean is on vacation, enjoying the wonderful California sun. I have a question from John in Pennsylvania. John says, I have been dating a woman for two months now, and things have been going great. A few days ago, she informed me that she has been a part of the BDSM culture for 10 plus years. Specifically, she is into spanking and says that her interactions are completely non-sexual and serve as an outlet for stress. She plays with platonic friends once every few weeks and attends munches and play parties once every month or so. She has told me that the culture has helped her to become the person that she is today. She says that she wants to develop a monogamous relationship with me, while she also wants to still have her interest in developing platonic and non-sexual friendships through the munches and play parties. I have had zero experience with BDSM. I am pretty open-minded. Her spanking kink doesn't bother me, and I've told her that I would be excited to explore this particular side with her and help her with relieving stress. However, the idea of her playing with her friends is still strange to me, and I begin to feel really uneasy at the idea of her attending public munches and play parties. I feel like I can trust that she maintains things in such a way that are one-on-one interactions that are non-sexual. I am not comfortable with the idea of her being spanked by a stranger in front of observers who may or may not be getting sexual pleasure from the viewing. Does this sound like the type of person you may have seen who maintains platonic relationships during play in the BDSM community? And do you feel that I would be asking too much if I asked her to abstain from going to public munches and play parties while encouraging her to maintain her play connections with those close friends she already plays with? while trying to develop a one-on-one connection. I have done a lot of soul-searching, and I feel that this is the one thing that I am probably not going to be flexible on and that could sink our relationship. I have read scenarios about vanilla and kinky couples who have issues because one person is interested in getting into kink and the other cannot give them what they need, so they go elsewhere. But the scenario of someone who has been ingrained in the community and someone who is vanilla does not seem to be very common. I would like to get an idea of what to expect. Well, John, thanks for writing in. 
your question has a few things that I would like to address. Namely, that you mention how you appreciate how open and honest this woman is being with you. Yet there sounds like there's a part of you that doesn't trust her or trust the community that she's a part of. I think it takes a lot of guts for someone to share what is often seen as a darker or abnormal part of themselves with someone. So I think she deserves to be commended for stepping up to sharing this with you. I can't say whether or not this seems like a type of person I know of through kink because just like vanilla relationships and vanilla people, everyone varies. So I don't really know. I know that people play with many different people as I described earlier. Some people play with their friends or some people only play with complete strangers so that they can reduce risk so they don't know who they are in the end. Some people never play at all but they love watching. Some people only watch for educational purposes. I think that if this woman says that she's doing this non-sexually and platonically then I would take her word for it. As a kinkster, I find oftentimes when a vanilla partner offers to fill in the way you have in the role that's normally taken by a fellow kinkster that it's really an ego thing. I take that to mean that they don't want their partner playing or receiving this type of usually physical attention from someone else. I have a newsflash for you, John. People are not property. While you're in a relationship with her, you still need to respect that she gets to decide who, what, and how her body is used or displayed. Personally, I would not want those types of restriction on my play. My vanilla partner and I have an agreement, and he totally trusts me to make the best decisions for our relationship when I'm playing with BDSM partners. Which is why I think it's completely out of line for you to ask her not to attend munches and parties. These are places that she has said that she's felt safe expressing herself and she's done so for over 10 years. It's a place where she feels comfortable. Perhaps you should think about attending an event or a munch or a play party so that you can see exactly what takes place there. I imagine that your imagination is probably a lot worse than what's actually going on. In the same respect... Would you like it if she asked you not to play a pickup game of basketball with friends because she thought other women might see you and enjoy watching you play? Would you like it if she asked you to wear pants and shirt while going swimming just to avoid accidental arousal of other swimmers? Do you see how completely ridiculous it sounds to try and limit what occurs naturally for someone? I suggest that you dig deeper. Ask yourself if your ego is worth what you have described as a good relationship. And if you cannot find a way to compromise with this woman, then you've only been together two months. It's still new. Try and explain to yourself and to your girlfriend why you can't continue seeing her. And hopefully there's no hard feelings. I hope that that helps, John. I hope things turn out for the best. And if you can, have an open mind. Maybe go to some events with her. See what it's like. Have a discussion with her. Um, and let us know what happens. All right, listeners, that's it for today's podcast. Again, make sure to check out my blog at www.mundane2miss.blogspot.com. And if you have a question like John's or a question not at all like John's, as long as it's kinky and I can help you, go ahead and send it over to allexperts.com slash Natalie Noir. If you're on my blog, there's a little link on the right-hand side. Click it, send me a question. It doesn't matter how long, how dumb. Just make sure it's kinky and that you think I can answer it. Next week, we will be discussing real-life BDSM versus fantasy BDSM and how to embrace your role without role-playing. 
Have a good weekend, guys. From mundane to mysteries.